Welcome to another episode of Pitch Cafe podcast. This is a place where talent meets coffee. But today we have a super duper talent meeting all you coffee seekers here today. Today's guest is one of the top influencers in the education space and the entrepreneurship space in India and now across many countries in the world. you name it and he's a part of those influential organizations unicef the indian administrative services the indian national government niti aayog the indus entrepreneur you name it and he has associated with prominent personalities across all these organizations and here in silicon valley lot of people in the social entrepreneurship space are looking up to him today we are having Mr. Madan Padaki as our honored guest, and I am truly honored because he is working at the grassroots levels and creating a huge impact. His model of creating consumer convenience at the grassroots level in India is going to become a role model for several countries across the world. Without further ado, let's bring on Mr. Madan Padaki. Hello, Madan. How Hi, are you doing? Namaste. Vidyavi, thanks a lot. Wonderful to be here on this uh, show, and thanks for that kind introductions. Fantastic. So, Madan, uh, you you are a person with multiple personalities. So, who is it I'm talking to today? No, my <laughs> wife keeps telling me that I have a multiple personality disorder. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no. honestly, honestly, see, the, to me, I think. uh i see the world and my role there as connecting dots seeding possibilities and spreading opportunities right so that's how i see i don't see myself uh as belonging to one organization or doing one thing uh the way i look at it is i wake up every morning and say hey listen what can i do uh today that will get people together to make something happen in the world that takes the world one step towards being better fantastic so uh, and, so and uh, can i get back uh, to bed every night excited about possibilities for the next day so that's who i am fantastic so we are talking with a visionary madan padaki here <laughs> but you know let's 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 get to few of your ventures so the audience understand where you come from uh your uh, latest venture one bridge uh tell us about it you know and uh i have heard several tedx talks about it and uh, investors in silicon valley are so excited about it let's start with your contributions through one bridge what exactly is one bridge sure with you so about uh, 10 12 years ago when i started looking at the space after i had exited my previous venture uh meritrack into manipal i was struck by a few things one is that how much of the unlimited potential of youth that we have and how less that we are using that potential two yeah. that every young person it doesn't matter rural urban poor rich you know boy girl whatever uh, the aspirations that they carry in their hearts uh, yeah. are for real 
and our serious aspirations, whether they have the chance to express it, not express it is a separate thing, right? Third is that innately, all of us, I believe, have an entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. Now, as Professor Mohammed Yunus says that man was never born to be in labor, uh, you know, or to be working for someone. We were, we were always been hunter gatherers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we've been uh, there is this innate DNA which makes us entrepreneurial. Yeah. It's only the last quarter, you know, a few hundred years that this concept of being in employment has come into play. Yeah. And lastly, technology plays a massive role. Is playing a massive role in shaping our uh, economies. Yeah. And, and, and leveling the playing field. So when I started looking at these trends and I said, listen, if you were to reimagine rural and why my fixation on rural? Because, it, you know, two thirds of India lives there. Absolutely. Uh, India, you know, when unfortunately, when we talk of uh, inclusion and we say we have to include rural into the mainstream, I say it's the other way around. Rural has to include urban into the mainstream because that's where the majority lies. Yeah, yeah. So... Wow. <laughs> And I think there is a huge amount of potential in rural. Uh, I see yeah. possibilities, right? So when I looked at it and said, listen, if you were to reimagine youth and as, as unlimited, as people with unlimited potential, how do we then capture their aspirations to propel them forward? Yeah. Uh, how do we leverage their entrepreneurial spirit to create better worlds within their villages? And yeah. lastly, how do we bring technology? to be an enabling role. So you take talent, technology, aspirations, and entrepreneurial spirit, you can actually create a new rural, which we termed as Ruben, Ruben. which is the new rural urban. Fantastic. And therefore, we created a construct called Rubenomics, which says wow. that how do you design every intervention in a rural to mm -hmm. leverage youth, their aspirations, their entrepreneurial spirit and technology, and you can create a new rural. Yeah. One bridge is a manifestation of that philosophy. Ah, I see. So, so this is uh, amazing. You spoke about a lot of counterintuitive concepts here. The first thing is, it's not the urban, including rural, it's the rural, including urban. Number okay. one. Number two, you said that every person is meant to be entrepreneurial. Entrepreneurship is, uh, you know, innate. In, I never thought about it like that. I thought there are few people who are entrepreneurial. Now that expands the market tremendously. The entrepreneurial. And the third thing, uh, you said that we are not meant to be employed or employment was more recent. So the, you're just gauging humanity with, uh, you know, technology and entrepreneurship. This is amazing. So, you know, let's come to uh, a very interesting question here. You know, what are some of the myths uh, in the startup world or the entrepreneurship world today? You know, for example, let me start with one question. Do we really need unicorns? Because where I come from, in, in the Silicon Valley, it's all about unicorns. It's all, it's just, everybody's crazy about them. It's like a feather in your cap or, you know, a jewel in the crown. So, so tell me what you think with all these counterintuitive insights, what do you think are the myth busters? And the first myth, let's talk about unicorns. What do you think about unicorns? I think we need a lot, lot more of unicorns in the world than what we have today except that I will change the definition of the unicorn. It's not a, it's not a company or a startup with a billion dollar valuation. It's a startup that can create a billion smites. Touch a billion lives in a positive way, right? Mm. And mm. that unicorn need not be a single organization. It can be a collective, mm. right? So my sense is that 
So I, you know, one of the things that always struck me when I moved out from Manipal into OneBridge and Headed Eye Foundation and all that, one question that vexed me always was, uh, so how's life on the other side, right? You moved from being an enterprise to a social enterprise. And so what's different? And I struggled yeah. with that answer really for a few months, trying to understand what's different here. Yeah. And then I realized that maybe we are asking the wrong question. So the world is not cleaved into enterprises and social enterprises. Hmm. Maybe the world is cleaved into enterprises and anti-social enterprises. <laughs> okay, hold on. Hold that thought here. Now, you know, I agree with you on that. Actually, I agree with you on that. But let's unpack this concept to the uh, uh, viewers. So hmm. news and anti-social enterprises, I feel that every enterprise should be a social enterprise. Absolutely. I think that and and my lot of peers in my generation they are thinking like that but will you unroll this concept for the audience will you unpack it for them yeah the point uh is that at the core of every enterprise there has to be a social purpose why right? not monetary monetary purpose why so, not scientific purpose why think, not yeah any any purpose that advances human existence it could yeah. be a scientific purpose anything that benefits humanity and this concept is not new Right? I think it's got corrupted over the last 100 years or so. Take the Tatas. When Jamshedji Tata founded the Tata Group 175 years ago, he said we exist because, the, because of the community around. We exist yeah. because of the stakeholders, not shareholders. Right? Mm. I think it was uh, Ford who it said is- famously in 1919, 100 years ago, that yeah. any business that is only in the business of making money is a poor business. Wow. <laughs> but then I have to give it to you. You're filled with your packets counterintuitive insights and I feel like I'm having a Yuval Noah Harari trip tour here you know when I talk to you I feel like I'm I'm talking to like some alter ego of Yuval Noah Harari you know so so you so know only, let's come back to your only, only, only connection make to Noah Harari is that I have as less hair as in probably and apart from that I don't think no, there's no, anything no, no no he he is very popular or so is <laughs> So are a couple of other authors, uh, Malcolm Gladwell. They yeah, yeah, yeah. they reign because they think differently, and uh, I, I mean, you're in the same league here. The way the way you giving me concepts. So so I won't stop you. Please go ahead. <laughs> so the point also is that as an entrepreneur, how do I don't I don't like this word word social entrepreneur because it, as it says, it means that you're doing something additional, right? Why can't social causes be embedded within the heart of the enterprise? And then the enterprise has to run like any other enterprise. It has to deliver value to its customers. I hate the word beneficiaries. Mm. It has to deliver, uh, uh, you know, revenues that the value is perceived. Now, right. you could argue that revenues can come in many ways. We'll get to that later, right? And it yeah. has to be sustainable. It has yeah. to generate the cost of running that, uh, of giving that value has to be lesser than the value that is received, right? Then sustainability comes into play. Right. So, so I discovered that, listen, the moment you anchor a social cause at the heart of the enterprise, then you run like it, like it, like the enterprise, like any other entrepreneur does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or an enterprise does and should. Right? right. The anti-social enterprises in my mind are the ones that only look at money that mm-hmm. have not consciously thought about, uh, I would argue that every enterprise uh, of course, unless you're talking about the, the you know, some outlier like alcohol or whatever, right? 
every enterprise can have a social cause embedded deep within it. I mean, we yeah. saw how uh, Unilever transformed over the last several years. You know, when they when they went the whole hog on SDGs and how they are linking their business purpose to SDGs. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So yeah. I think the future of enterprises is really to, for everybody to think as a social enterprise. And therefore, to your earlier point, a unicorn need not be an entity that looks only at, uh, at, at a billion dollar valuation. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. I like a billion that. smiles. A billion smiles. So what shall we call this unicorn? What kind of unicorn? <laughs> I think you should call it as a smiley con or something like that. <laughs> I like that. Or a uni smilicon. I really like that. Because this is value-based, right? The same exactly. problem, same problem exactly. in healthcare in US today. In healthcare exactly. is completely unaffordable. And yeah. if you have health problems and if you're you know, uh, the older population, they treat you like you know, you're dispensable or something. It's not even human. So exactly. So, so what are some of the other myths in startup world today, you know, or playing upon this, you know, moving to the next level? Do you see any um, other myths which, you know, startup founders, um, you know, make the journey easier? See, the question here, uh, Vidya, is that unfortunately, I mean, if you look at the spectrum, right, if you look at India as an example, you know, you open the Economic Times or any of the business papers front page, you'll see startups, unicorns screaming from the front pages every day. Right. right, that one end of the spectrum. Right. Then you talk about the other end of the spectrum. India is a land of, uh, I think Tarun Kana called it as a land of a billion entrepreneurs. Right. <laughs> but we have uh, we have sixty eight million enterprises registered in India. Hmm. Uh, but these are small businesses, local hmm. Kirana store, a local trader, manufacturing entity, a grocery store. Uh, a restaurant. These are all enterprises that dot our country. 68 million of them which are registered. Right. The mm-hmm. challenge is 96% of the 68 million enterprises employ less than three people. Startups don't look at job creation. So let me step back a bit. As a startup founder, how do we, how do we, uh, most people start thinking about job creation? Secondly, I don't think if you have to solve 100 million youth being employed, There is no single organization or a group of organizations that can achieve this. 